0: Hi and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan and join me as we step into Captain Marvel in today's review episode. I can show you the world Just take a look through my eyes You gotta dig a little deeper It really ain't that far The MCU is back and uh, it features the first female lead titular character movie of the franchise Uh, took us a while but she's here Brie Larson Captain Marvel her own movie set to do an enormous amount of money uh, over the weekend not going to be Black Panther but it's going to be quite quite substantial and best a lot of the other Marvel movies that have come out This episode uh, is going to be a little short, a little sweet, Uh, no spoilers at all in this episode uh, because, and and I'll get into this a little bit more, but I'm still processing the movie, okay? I think we got to this point in Marvel where, outside of the Avengers movies, most of the standalone films uh, follow a similar formula, uh, and... Whatever that really means to you, I, a lot of people say that, but whatever that actually means, I, I think we have to kind of understand that the second film to use that same formula is just at fault or at at praise as the seventh, tenth film to use that formula. I think it's it's... The things surrounding the formula that create the dichotomy and shift between whether the movie is, you know, better than another when they're all somewhat similar, looking at stuff like when you compare Iron Man to Doctor Strange and the methods within that, uh, when you look at Captain America and Captain Marvel, you know, there are going to be a lot of similarities because as much as we like to think that the directors are doing something unique and different with each movie, uh, there's a lot of studio interference, and there's a lot of you know, Feige and 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 Disney saying, "Hey, look, you know, we gotta kind of. It's great that you guys have these original thoughts and ideas, but we're we're gonna try to you know bend them a little bit back towards towards the direction we want them things to be in towards towards what we know works, and there's inherent problems and inherent uh, uh, positive elements of doing that." And I see a lot, I've seen a lot of people, you know, a lot of reviews and reactions for Captain Marvel, like, oh my goodness, the same thing, like, it's a movie that's supposed to feel different, and yet it just felt like Marvel putting out the same movie with a different color paint, and, uh, you know, getting tired of all the same formulas, and I, uh, for me, my thought is, if you're exhausted by the formula this movie, why weren't you as exhausted last movie if you weren't? Or, or the movie before that? Or the movie before that? Or the movie before that? If the formula doesn't work now, I'm not sure that it necessarily ever did for you. Because if a movie works, if a formula works, you know, yes, it might get a little predictable, but it still should work if executed uh, well. So that's kind of uh, a lot of the buzz I've been hearing. And on the other side, the other main uh, question mark about Captain Marvel is Brie Larson. Uh, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has, for the most part, done an exceptional job with casting and, and uh, putting forward uh, the best versions of the characters that we want to see. You know, they finally got it right with Mark Ruffalo and the Hulk. uh uh, Chris Evans as Captain America turned into a fantastic Captain America. Robert Downey Jr. from day one was a perfect Iron Man, and so on and so forth. And so I've seen a lot of opinions on both sides of the fence about Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Is she great as Captain Marvel? Does she completely get this character? Is she nailing the nuance? Is she elevating this um, relatively, you know, stock character? From the story, from the script, or whatever, to something more—is she adding additional layers? Is she making this better than it is? Or, as I've also seen, does she not get it? Is she does—is she too stoic? Is she too, you know, unconnected with Carol Danvers? And I, t- having seen the movie, I saw it last night. I, I understand that both sides of this argument. She is very stoic i think predominantly throughout the film and there's good reason for this she spends a lot of time with this sort of self-assured you know sassy smirky tone and it isn't really until the final third of the film where we get to see other layers of her Uh, and It'll be interesting because because the potential shifts in her personality don't really take place until the end of the movie. It's 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 kind of left up for debate how much of a change in her character we will see going forward because we got you know pompous, uh, arrogant version exaggeration but pompous arrogant version of Carol Danvers or Ver Veers in in the majority of this film, and now we're going to see something a little bit differently, presumably, moving forward into Endgame and uh, potential sequels after this. And for me, okay, now setting aside everyone else, setting aside uh, other opinions and thoughts, the reason this is going to be a shorter episode, the reason this is going to be spoiler-free and kind of a little lighter and breezier than many of my other Reviews is I'm probably going to do a second one. And I'm going to do it next week, uh, once I've seen the film three times, at least. Uh, I've already got tickets to see it again today. I'm going to see it on Sunday. And I really enjoyed the movie from a spectacle standpoint. I appreciated what was happening. I liked the story. And I think that's kind of where my... Confliction lives is in the story versus the screenplay because I think the narrative and story of the movie is good. I like it. I think it does enough to deviate from the expectations. Uh, I think it does enough to show a different corner of this universe that Marvel has created. I think uh, the trip back to the, ni- the mid-90s is successful. And while... It was inevitably going to feel like, oh well, you know, wasn't the first Avengers? Wasn't Ultron? Didn't those weren't those extreme, you know, emergencies? You know, why did it wait? Why did we wait until Thanos for for Fury to you know um, send out the Captain Marvel signal essentially that he does at the end of uh, Infinity War? And this movie kind of was always going to make that. I I don't know I don't know that this movie could have ever made it you know perfectly clear like oh where was this person this whole time and answer it in a satisfactory way that we said okay I get it um, short of you know being in a Steve Rogers coma uh, you know who's to say and I don't I I still think the film does a serviceable job in that regard but. I also think that that's hardly the point of it. I think the main point is, was I engaged in the story? Do I buy pre Larson as Captain Marvel? Does the backstory for Fury, for Coulson, uh, and other characters that we have seen before, does that fit with what I've already come to understand? And, uh, you know, am I... What, how, how, do, and and does this specific story impact the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe narrative in a meaningful way, other than this is who Captain Marvel is? And I think yes, I think the movie does all those things. I think we do get a good sense of who Captain Marvel is. I think Brie Larson is very good um, as Carol Danvers. Not, you know. Oscar-level good like she was in Room, or maybe short-term 12 necessarily, but I still think this is a very good performance of her. Uh, The writing is (sighs) at times great, and at other times meh, and uh, even when it's meh, I think she, Brie Larson, rises above the material, but when it's good, uh, when the writing is strong, which is particularly the more emotional, dramatic moments, which is makes sense because the, both the directors, writers are more accustomed to that side of filmmaking than they are spectacle. I, I think it's, it's wonderful. I think uh, moments between um, Captain Marvel and Maria are great. Uh, when she's dealing with this dramatic, emotional stuff, it, it works. And you have to kind of look at it and say, okay, well, but she's still, you know, like, there's no fits of anger, there's no tears, there's no outbursts, really, ever from her. And I I understand that criticism, but it's kind of whether or not you buy into the narrative of she's been trained for six years to bury all that shit. And now it's only just finally being. She's finally just in a position where she can actually like embrace it and and fall into those feelings. And you know, that's not gonna manifest in a typical way. You know, that's not gonna manifest in a conventional method. And I think that the writing and Larson do a good job of, you know yeah she's not yeah she she's feeling these all all these things and going through emotions and so on and so forth but it's it's not happening at the same rate at the same time at the same in the same way that it is with a normal human person that as as, is coming to understand and, and realize all these these revelations so i really enjoyed brie larson's performance i think uh She makes a great fit for Captain Marvel. I am so excited to see her in Endgame. I think, uh, you know, similar to Doctor Strange, I think she's going to be even better when she's on a team and interacting with the other big names in this universe. Uh, And uh, I think that she will be... Welcomed, and I, I think she will add an interesting uh, Chemistry and uh, what, what am I, was um, I don't know, chemistry with, with the other main characters You know, an Iron Man, a Captain America, Black Widow, Hulk So on and so forth um, Outside of her, moving on uh, The de-aging stuff on, on Jackson and Colson Primarily Colson's was ugh, not so great, and I, I think there were a couple of times where they kind of instructed him, "Hey, don't move your head at all, buddy, because it's going to make it a lot more difficult to de-age you if you're moving around a lot." And that kind of came through. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's is fine. Uh, I think he looks the part. Um, tough to, perf- to to you know perform as a seventy-year-old like you're forty. I guess he'd be fifty. 90s 10 He'd be I don't know how old he's supposed to be in present day but to, the age 20 years I think uh, he isn't able to quite get that far acting wise um, anytime he's really asked to do something athletic uh, it, it shows a little but visually and and in the scenes where he's not you know forced to throw a punch or run or do anything like that I think he's sufficiently capable uh, of of conveying, hey, I'm 20 years younger uh, we're introduced to the Kree and the Skrulls in this movie uh, we have pre- previously been introduced to Kree, uh, Ronin the Accuser uh, and uh, Jimon Honsu, our Kree uh, and so um, we saw them in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and they make appearances in this movie as well, uh, and so you know you got a grain of salt. You know this is 20 years ago; characters are very different. Uh, you know Ronan; it looks a little bit different in the few scenes we do see of him, uh, and the movie. Uh, but but that in itself, I love how easy it is to interweave these characters. I love. That we can run back in time and show Chiman Hansu again. I love that we can see Lee Pace again. Whether or not I like their performances, whether or not I like their characters, even, I love the interconnectivity of it. I love the continuity of it. I think it makes things really feel like a true universe, uh, you know, and it did not feel shoehorned in, you know, like it makes sense. These characters are working you know, toward a, a specific goal. They are part of this endeavor as much as they were the when, when we see them later in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, since that, uh, outside of that, who else do we have? Uh, Jude Law. Jude Law, who I really liked. I, I was kind of worried because we got a significant chunk into the movie and I didn't think he was going to I was kind of con- confused as to why he was like advertised at the, for this at all. I felt like they kind of weren't giving him enough screen time. But that does show up. He does get a couple of scenes uh, in the second half of the movie to to do. And um, I really liked where his story went. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Gemma Chan as Minerva. Eh. I don't know. She was there, I guess. She was fine. But whatever Ben Mendelssohn. Oh man Ben Mendelssohn, This movie is so great In how it gives us Ben Mendelsohn uh, <laughs> So the Skrull He is a Skrull Are beings uh, uh, Aliens An alien race Who can completely take over the form of uh, Anything Any living thing As far as I'm aware And Down to the DNA. And. It's wonderful. That. He gets. I don't know. He's simultaneously the villain. The comedic relief. uh, And and so on and so forth. And I thought that was wonderful. I thought he plays the part beautifully. Uh, He looks good in the. Presumably latex. um, Maybe touched up a little. And you know. I, I felt you know what what you want out of a villain is someone to be able to empathize with, someone you can understand their view and and side of the story. And I think we get that, uh, in in Mendelssohn. Uh we also get Annette Benning as um uh, s- multiple roles sort of, but not really, which is weird. Uh I don't know, I'm really interested to see it again uh, for Annette Benning and kind of pay more attention to her. I think she looks like she's having a ton of fun in this movie, and I think that works really well. One of the things um, that I didn't... um, Outside of first female lead in a Marvel movie, I think you've got this issue of it doesn't really... Stand out in a ma- meaningful way, like some of the other standalone Marvel films do. You look at Doctor Strange. Um, yes, it's kind of a retread of Iron Man, but the visuals in Doctor Strange uh, are something that you can kind of set aside, set apart from most of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe. Black Panther and its creation of Wakanda and how in, insane and, and enormous that undertaking was. You know that sets it apart from all the a lot of these other Marvel movies. Um, And, you know, Ant-Man is so contained, so down-to-earth, so tiny, literally in, in scope, relative to many of these other solo movies, and Captain Marvel doesn't quite get there. Uh, I think the biggest thing it has going for it, as far as deviation from the norm, is the structure of the story. While it still tends to hit a lot of the same notes that most Marvel films do, it does end up with uh, a lot of. It does kind of sh- reorganize uh, the way we expect to see those things play out. You know, this isn't Iron Man, Doctor Strange who go through, you know, a first act that ends with them discovering their powers or abilities. She starts with them. First scene, or second scene, She's using her powers. She has all of them already. And it's a different way of approaching that story. You look at something like, you know, it it feels more like, uh, say, Guardians of the Galaxy, where none of them had to, like, discover their powers. For that movie, it was discovering each other and coming to terms with each other. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why that one did so well and was so good. Uh, It's, it's, you know it's not even Thor where he's stripped of his powers and has to get them back because she's not stripped of her powers. Um, so you know, it, it manages to say, okay, um, rather than following this this line on the graph as we have so many times or this line on the graph as we have, we're gonna, you know, adjust it here and adjust it there and make it a little different uh, along the way. And I think it serves the film really well. We get to see this sort of cold, calm, calculating variation of Brie Larson and Captain Marvel in about the first third of the movie. Uh, second third, she's starting to kind of question things, open herself up. Uh, you know, we can see that that playful element of hers and and sort of arrogance and I know what I'm doing. I know where this is all headed. Start to kind of Shift and sway and and uh, sort of bob up and down uh, throughout the second third of the movie, and then we get to the final third, and it's that sort of point where, okay, uh, we got to figure this stuff out, and is is this one or is this two? Is this X or Y? And. You know, I think the way the movie is presented, the the enjoyability of it, the the likable elements of the main character. You know, she is incredibly powerful, uh, and I think we get just enough of her not being, you know, this infallible, perfect thing. You know, you know she is. Uh, Potentially as powerful, if not more powerful, than, say, Thor at, at eventually. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, it remains to be seen once we get, you know, her and Thor in the same room. But she's also dealing with a lot of problems. A lot of lies and deceit. A lot of, you know, this is truths that are given to her and shown to her uh, uh, things that she knows now in her past she's done that she regrets that she's ashamed of and the connections she has with some of the characters in this movie really bring those moments out and I think those are some of the best parts Uh, so again I have not rated this movie I don't know what the score is, Uh, I'm leaning into like the low 70s ish um, um, maybe high 60s I'm not sure that's why I really want to see the movie again as soon as I can uh, and, and get a second look at it uh, probably rate the movie sometime this weekend before I see it a third time. We'll see. Uh, I got a lot of big backlog of movies to rate and review um that said uh, I like the movie. I like it I like it a lot. It's not Black Panther. I don't think it breaks the barriers and and boundaries uh, of Black Panther, but it does do a great job of establishing Captain Marvel and setting her up for, uh, if not necessarily success, but integration into the greater MCU. And uh, of course there's also Goose, the cat, who's great. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about Goose. Uh, She... She's amazing in the movie, and uh, go see it. Go see all, Yeah, go see it. You know, I'm seeing it three times. So, whether or not I give it, a, you know, an eighty or a sixty, I think it's worth seeing, and uh, I love it. I love that. I love Brie Larson, and uh, I'm excited, excited for this. Here we go. Okay, Uh, that's that's about it, though. Uh, Short and sweet, 20, 25 minutes. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If uh, you like to talk about Captain Marvel uh, and other things, you can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can send me an email, circlefilm.com, or Letterboxd at Circle of Film. My Captain Marvel review will probably be up sometime tonight, maybe tomorrow, uh, at least my first one on Letterboxd. If you would like to uh, support the show, uh, you can do that on iTunes by liking, reviewing, subscribing, rating uh, the show or on Patreon.com slash Circle of Film uh, by subscribing for as little as eight cents an episode. Uh, or you can head over to the website, circlefilm.com, find all the other episodes, find a lot of other things, uh, a bunch of stuff on the website, check that out. And uh, that's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be to say goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace, nothing's gone forever. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. So long.